0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, May 26th. There have been a lot of fireworks over the topic of fireworks this week. Good news is the fireworks will once again be a go for Canada Day. Calgary Mayor Jody Gondek joined us on the show to talk about the controversial decision to kibosh fireworks and then the reversal in response to public backlash. They're usually on the front line looking after sick children, but four pediatric cancer nurses are trading in their scrubs for running shoes to raise money to send kids with cancer to camp, competing in the 2023 Kindle Pursuit. One of those all-important frontline workers, Caitlin Smallwood, joined the show this morning to tell us what they're doing and why. And the countdown to tip-off is underway. The season opener for Calgary's new Canadian Elite Basketball League team is this weekend. The Calgary Surge will play out of sport arenas and the excitement is building we had the pleasure of chatting with guard mason borsier to get the lowdown on the new team in town we've seen a lot of fireworks over fireworks this week and it looks like there will once again be fireworks for canada day joining us to talk about all the things going on in the city of calgary mayor Joti gondek joining us once again this morning good morning madam mayor how are you I'm doing well. How are you, Sue? Excellent. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad that uh, some of the confusion perhaps has been uh, resolved, but it looks like Canada Day fireworks. Can you explain some of the details on why the decision was originally made to cancel fireworks, and then we can get into uh, why we've brought them back?
1: Yeah, I absolutely can. From what I understand from administration, uh, it was the arts and culture team that made the original decision. Um, We had some issues last year when the fireworks were at um, the municipal complex. Uh, The debris that came down with the fireworks actually um, created a a situation of ashes coming down on the residential school memorial. And that was an absolute travesty. And so one of the things that the team wanted to do is make sure that we did not repeat that mistake. So when they tried to figure out where uh, aerial fireworks could be launched, that site was out of play. Um, Center Street Bridge was also out of play, considering it was too close to Chinatown. And uh, we are also honoring the fact that it's been 100 years of the Chinese Exclusion Act. They look for different sites. And when that became an issue, they decided to do fireworks from the stage, the main stage, at Port Calgary this year. Um, People wanted more than that, and my understanding is that the team is now able to offer aerial fireworks again. I'm not sure of the location. They're scoping out a site, and so that's what has been happening over the last uh, couple of weeks.
0: Do you think, I mean, now that you explain it, it makes more sense as to why and what what the thought process was behind it all. But that was, I think, what people were upset about. There was was a lack of explanation. And I think, you know, of late for sure, when we don't understand things, our first reaction a lot of the time is to jump to anger and and confusion, et cetera. So maybe was that a little bit of a, a problem on this decision? Is it nobody really understood the why behind it? Not even city council members or
1: yourself, it seemed? I think that's exactly it, Sue. I think what happens sometimes is decisions are made and no context is provided. Um, I have spoken with administration and encouraged them in future when it's something this significant. probably want to give an explanation and a narrative around the decision-making. I think that's what frustrated uh, the public, and I believe it's an important lesson for administration to have learned. I have assurances that in future when significant decisions are made, the public will be informed in a way that makes sense to them. And, you know, maybe another lesson out of this as well is that, you know, when
0: Calgarians really feel quite strongly about something, they should speak up and, and have their voices heard. And in this case, council listened and an ultimate decision has been made now that, as you said, the fireworks will go ahead.
1: I think it's important, too, that Calgarians are able to reach out to administration who ultimately made the original decision and made the new decision. Um, Council has a lot of really heavy work to do, and sometimes the operating decisions don't have to come to us. This is a prime example of that. Uh, Calgarians had their voice heard, and uh, David Duckworth, our city manager, made a significant decision in the last day. On that note, um, has or will
0: Council consult in the future with uh, Calgary's Indigenous community about Canada Day celebrations, maybe moving forward in, in the years ahead?
1: They have been doing this uh, for the last couple of years through the Indigenous Relations Office, through the City Manager's Office. And I know that um, as a member of Council, I have been doing my best to build those municipality-to-nation relations it is. Uh, it's a process that's going to take some time. Um, I want to make it clear. There's a lot of leaders in the Indigenous communities that surround our city that have said, "You know, please don't say that this was our decision. It was absolutely not their decision. This is something that administration took a long time to consult on." And uh, we have come to the conclusion that it is possible to do aerial fireworks. Um, that's what's what that's what's going to happen going forward. Okay, perfect. Uh, from fireworks on
0: Canada Day to fireworks on Monday, potentially, Provincial Election Day. Uh, what does the city's relationship with the provincial government look like right now? And how do you think that that relationship might be improved upon in the next provincial government, whoever might
1: hold that? Well, we have gone through a significant situation in our province with the wildfires. And I can tell you that Calgary was at the ready to assist in any possible way that we were needed. Uh, We have remained in close contact with the provincial government through this. And I think that's really something that we need to recognize. It's absolutely critical, regardless of which party is in power, for a municipal government to have that relationship with a provincial government um, historically it's been a bit of a parent-child relationship we have worked very hard over the last you know five years to make sure that the relationship is one of two if not three orders of government speaking together about what's needed for the common citizens that we serve
0: on that note advanced polls have been very very popular have you been out to cast your ballot already
1: well, I had to take uh, my family out to vote. And so, yes, I did go before I headed out to Toronto, which is where I am right now at the Federation of Canadian Municipalities Conference. So I have voted.
0: Excellent. Okay, we'll talk about your uh, work on the panel coming up in just a minute. But uh, just getting back to the elections for just a moment, uh, we know the UCP, the party, Danielle Smith herself, uh, agreeing to financially support the arena deal. Obviously, that's continues to be a hot topic in our city. Does the outcome of this election affect the arena deal, do you think?
1: Well, it is going to be our responsibility as a municipality to work with whoever forms government, particularly whoever is on Treasury Board, to help them understand why this investment in downtown is so important. This is an infrastructure project for the provincial government to ensure that we are realizing some strong returns on the investments that we've made in the East Village area, in the culture and entertainment district. So I remain confident that the business case is solid, and we will work with whoever wins on Monday to realize this uh, significant step for the city of Calgary.
0: Mayor, more violence downtown. Two people arrested after a fatal stabbing yesterday. Uh, how are discussions with the police and just things that are you know going on behind the scenes in terms of the violence we've been seeing of late in the city? How are, How is that going? Any steps that you can update us on?
1: I can tell you that the Calgary Police Service is incredibly diligent in trying to make sure that the public has all the information that they can share with them. That is the situation this time as well. Um, I know that our teams at transit and, you know, within administration overall work very closely to ensure that public safety is a priority. This is just a time across the country when some pretty significant things are happening and it's making us all very uneasy. Um, I can tell you that the mayors that I've been meeting with over the last day, are experiencing the same things in their city so we continue to work with the police service we continue to make sure that enforcement is a priority and that we are also understanding the positions of vulnerability that people find themselves in.
0: All right let's wrap with uh, your work in Toronto as you said you're there right now Uh, tell us about the panel that you're on and the work you'll be doing.
1: Yeah, I'm on a panel in about an hour that is talking about how you build a welcoming community. Um, I am on this panel with a couple of mayors from across the country, one from Quebec, one from Manitoba. Uh, They've got some great ideas on how they created a very welcoming and inclusive place to live. I'll be talking about how we do that in Calgary. Um, Again, we had a full day of big city mayors meetings yesterday where we addressed issues of housing security, homelessness, mental health. And those are the types of things that we continue to advocate for from the federal government. Thank you so much for your time this morning.
0: Have a great day. Enjoy TO. Get back to Calgary safely. And thanks for joining us and and chatting this morning and giving us an update on all the important issues going on.
2: Thank you and have a great weekend. You too. Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek. They are on the front line looking after our sick children, and now they're trading in their scrubs to help raise money to send kids with cancer to camp. Four Calgary pediatric cancer nurses are competing in the 2023 Kindle Pursuit, and one of those nurses joins us now. We say good morning to Caitlin Smallwood. Uh, good morning to you, Caitlin. Hi, good morning. Well, to begin, we, we hear the term pediatric nurse time and time again, uh, and that's fine for us to, to define what you do. But how about in your words, how would you define your job and what is your job like on a day-to-day basis, Caitlin?
3: Yeah, I, I always say that I have the best job that no one wants to exist. <laughs> so we get to take care of kids here in Calgary and um, across Alberta who are uh, struggling with cancer diagnoses. Um, as well as hematological concerns. So we, we get to be part of these kids' lives as they go through that journey. Now, tell
0: us a little bit about Camp Kindle, and then we'll get into the actual competition side of things. But why is Camp Kindle so important to you, and why should we all be so aware of what it does for our kids in this community?
3: Yeah Camp Kindle is this amazing opportunity um, kids affected by cancer have special needs and so just going to a regular camp often doesn't provide for them what they need in order to be safe and cared for so Camp Kindle is a place where children affected by cancer can go and and feel kind of like a kid without having to deal with the stresses and the um, treatment that they're having to face here at the hospital.
2: All right. Let's talk about this competition. I, I've, I'm new to this, the, the uh, Kindle Pursuit. And I mm-hmm. know it's been going on for four years. What happens at the Kindle Pursuit?
3: We take four-people teams, and we do a obstacle-style uh, style race to raise money for the kids' cancer care. Uh, kids' cancer care is what supports Camp Kindle. So this is a way to help not only kids affected by cancer, but their families. I mean, it sounds pretty fun.
0: So you're you're trading in your scrubs, you're trading in work, your actual work, everyday job to go and, and really kind of fight for these kids in a different way. Who are you competing yeah. against? Are these all pediatric nurses from the sort of the, the Grand Calgary area? Uh,
3: the other teams appear to be kind of just from different walks of life. Okay. It appears there's some that are from different companies and And it sounds historically that some are families that have been able to um, benefit from Camp Kindle. And our team just specifically is for oncology nurses that felt like um, that would be somewhere we would like to go and volunteer our time to help out the kids that we see uh, here at work every day.
2: You're going to do your part and the effort is to, to raise funds. How are funds raised? Is this something like each team gets sponsored or people can hop online and donate money?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to kindlepursuit.com, you can donate to us there. You can donate to a team specifically, you can donate to an individual specifically, or you can just donate to Kindle Pursuit.
0: This just sounds like, a, you know, a fun way to kind of bring attention to the things that you do on the everyday, Caitlin, and and, and yeah. really help help out these kids just in another way, right?
3: Yeah, we're, it's an amazing uh, and unique opportunity that four of us have, and, and we're so excited. We always say um, we see these kids fighting every day, and we're excited to be able to go and fight for our kids.
2: Well, we're going to direct people to kidscancercare.ca. That's one website, but also kindlepursuit.ca to try to make that difference because uh, we know you are uh, every day of the weekend you will be at the big competition as well. Thanks so much, Caitlin.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much.
2: That is Caitlin Smallwood, pediatric nurse.
0: The countdown to tip-off is underway. The season opener for Calgary's new Canadian Elite Basketball League team is Saturday night. The Calgary Surge will play out of Winsport arenas, and the excitement is building ahead of the inaugural game. Joining us with some tickets, and to break it all down, is uh, we've got Calgary Surge guard Mason Boursier with us this morning. Hi, Mason. How are you?
4: Hey, I'm great. How are you guys?
0: Excellent. Thank you. We are pumped to have pro basketball in our city. Tell us about the team. How excited are all the guys to get on the court Saturday night for the first game?
4: I mean, we're all just experiencing it for the first time. And I mean, for me personally, just being here in Calgary and experiencing the city has been nothing but like amazing. I mean, in a crazy cool area. Um, one thing I will say that's been pretty impressive is it's rare. You get an organization that's been so well put together and I would, you got to thank the owners for that. Um, but you have a coach and a coaching staff who's top tier in this league and, and organized and has every variable taken care of. And you have a group of guys that are not only extremely talented that bring NBA experience and, and a lot of years of professional experience, but everyone I've met so far has been like just amazing human beings. So I've, I've already experienced two years in this league, and I can say with a lot of confidence that this is the most promising team I've been on. And not only are you getting a great group of, good group of guys, but you're getting some very talented individuals. And if you're a basketball junkie or you're mm-hmm. just starting to look into the game of basketball, you will be getting an amazing experience.
0: Love it. Tell us a bit about your story, Mason, your journey to becoming a pro player.
4: Oh, man. Um, I mean, mine... I guess you could you could call it a little bit of an underdog story if you'd like but uh, I'm from Kelowna British Columbia um, raised my whole life there played most of my basketball whereas um, it's funny because when you look into the future when I was a little kid the guys I'm playing with right now I used to be huge fans of like I used to watch them on TV I used to be rooting for them to make the NBA and uh, like Justin Jackson for example I used to be you know studying his game as a little kid um, so I go through all my playing years of uh, playing high school basketball, um, summer basketball in Kelowna, British Columbia, and I was never a high-level recruit like a lot of these guys on this team. And um, you know, I just I never stopped. I never kind of gave gave up. And when I got to UBC, which is where I started my university career, you know, I had a lot of people kind of telling me like, you know, your love for the game is it's admirable, but you know, at some point you usually start to realize like, okay, I gotta do something with my life and you know I got to make money and you know I got to kind of become an adult and I always heard that it's like it's about becoming you know an adult and I was like it never computed in my mind you know (laughs) I was always like but I love like this is what I do you know I loved it so I went from kind of just that kid that was I guess you could say with delusional optimism (laughs) as some people would call it Um, but it was crazy because four years later five years later and all the talking heads that saw me one way slowly shifted their minds, and now they're 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 cheering me on to keep going. So I went from UBC, um, played a little bit of everywhere I've played on teams in Ottawa. I played on teams in in Newfoundland, which was why I was in the CEO last year. Um, but yeah, I played all my days in Kelowna, British Columbia. Got to UBC, um, transferred one year to play in Ontario for college came back to Langley, British Columbia, played at Trinity Western University. Um, and when I got to Trinity Western, that's kind of where my whole career took off. Um, and I really started putting the numbers up and, and, and people really started to see my game grow. And, you know, I always knew it was in the making, of course. Um, but you have to believe it before everyone else sees it, you mm-hmm. know. So um, now that I'm here, it's just so cool because, like I said, you know, I'm playing with the Justin Jackson, with a with Simi Shidu, who are guys that I really admired and looked up to growing up, so... It's kind of just been a whole full-circle journey for me.
0: I love it, Mason. And, you know, I was going to ask you, when they talk about you, they say, you know, the quote, anything is possible always comes up. So now I understand it. And yours is a great reminder to anyone who's listening, don't let anyone tell you that you can't, because obviously you can.
4: I mean, it's cliche. You know, people do say, like, if you can see it in your mind, you you can achieve it. And it's funny, because, like, when I was at UBC, I remember I told people... My goal was to go the NBA. My goal was to become a professional. My goal was to do all these things. And you know, people that were close to me were like, "Oh, like that's so awesome!" But you know, when they would turn around and be like, "Oh, you know, I hope that kid finds a way, and I hope he kind of gets realistic soon." And then the people that that heard about me saying that that you know weren't so close to me, it was just mocking and it was it was making fun of. And I was almost like a I was almost like comedic relief for a lot of people. So it, it's so cool to see that. I never let that bring me down because there's a lot of kids that when they when you, when you give people your goals and you put it on a on a plate for them to look at, a lot of people want to smash that plate. Yeah. Who's laughing now, Mason?
0: Wanna... Who's laughing now?
4: It's funny. Uh, uh, yeah, I look at it all the time, and I just try my best. I'm like, hey, I didn't get here by by doing what they did to me, you know. So I try to keep it positive, and I try to keep it. You know, I try to keep giving back to what the whole process has gave me. But you know, you learn that. The mindset on you will shift if you just keep working. All the things that, like, wherever you are now, the, the environment around you, what people are saying, that changes if you keep evolving. So, like, my mindset was just keep working. Don't stop. find, Be intentional every day. Wake up and, and, and target one thing, one part of your game. And, you know, I've just kind of watched the scene and everything around me um, evolve with me. So...
0: Fantastic story, and I know people are going to be pumped when they get front and centre. Saturday night, Winsport Events Centre. This is the inaugural game. You kick off the season against your provincial rivals, the Edmonton Stingers, to boot. I don't know if you really have fully grasped yet in the province of Alberta that rivalry between Calgary and Edmonton, but you will feel it on Saturday night, no doubt, when you hit the floor. So thank you so much for joining us. Much success. Uh, I can't wait to see some of the live games. It's going to be a ton of fun, and welcome
4: to Calgary. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Mason Boursier is a guard with the Calgary Surge. Again, Calgary's new professional basketball team. The league is here. They'll start the things off on Saturday night. You can go online, get all the details and all the tickets that you need at calgarysurge.ca.